Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, the NBA Finals are underway. The WNBA Finals are starting by the time this drops. I'm grieving about the Finals just a little bit. But more importantly, somebody's got a birthday. Man, I'm feeling old today. But however, hopefully I'll see a nice package in the mail from Monica and Bruce. We're also going to talk about Mark Cuban and how he sets an example for every single one of us. All right, Darlene, you got to tee us up so we can get into all this good stuff. My girl, let's run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Wednesday nights, the NBA Finals kicked off. LeBron and the Lakers facing LeBron's old team. Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, and the Heat. Where do we even get started with this game? I'm so disappointed, but it is okay. And I think let's just go ahead and open this conversation with Bruce too, because this is a very important topic that broke my heart. Wednesday, the night before my birthday, I woke up until my birthday sad because the heat got destroyed and I expected to see a great game. Come on now. Um, I too can be touched with those feelings. I was literally crushed last night. <laughs> Sunday night on game night, our ESPN radio show, I'm juiced, I'm jacked. I actually said heat in seven. Bear in mind, I did have a little clause as a basketball person. We know AD, LeBron, they're just on a mission. But my point in taking the heat was this is a team that has been formidable and has been honestly quite impressive. The grit of this group is something that you can't discredit. All of that is nice and fluffy. The biggest thing that happened on Wednesday night, you got three injuries, two of which do not return, and Bam Adebayo and his shoulder, Goran Dragic and his foot. When that happened and they showed the replay, someone who has dealt with plant, the plant, I knew exactly what happened and knew that was bad news. And then Jimmy Butler tweaks his ankle, but of course, in Jimmy Butler fashion, he returns to the game. No matter, the final score was still 116.98, Bruce. Well, going into the series, I had predicted the Lakers in six, and I had predicted the Lakers to win it all before the season began back in October, uh, because I always feel like when you got the two best players on the floor, you're probably going to win. And last night, that was the case. And I also was concerned that, you know, while Bam Adebayo destroyed Boston's front line in that previous series. He's going up against Anthony Davis. He's going up against a very physical Dwight Howard who nailed him a couple times last night. And if any, either of those guys got in foul trouble, seven foot JaVale McGee. So I just felt like those three guys were going to overwhelm Bam. And, you know, with his shoulder now, who even knows what they're going to get out of him 
if anything, King. No, nah, for sure. I think, you know, when I was watching the game, it almost seemed as if this moment was a little too big for some of the Heat's younger players. It was like... Not Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. No, 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 no. Tyler Hero, too, a little bit. You think? I thought Tyler Hero was yes. well, but I'm listening. Tyler Hero, he, he, was, he was okay, but he wasn't the Tyler Hero in the Celtics series. Like, you, in the Celtics series, dude walked on the court, and you can tell, like, he really felt like he was the best player when he stepped on that court. You could tell by the way he played, his confidence, his swagger, and everything. But in this series... He just feels like he's a role player. He kind of acted like he was a role player. He didn't have that same juice because I guess he saw LeBron, AD, the Lakers, him, Duncan Robinson, 0 for 3. You only took three shots. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, come on. Now, you're a shooter. That's what you do. Bam Adebayo kind of seemed like he just – it seemed like the Heat's younger players just felt like this moment was a little too big. And I think it was nerves. I mean, it's your first NBA Finals. What do you expect? Well, I got to check you on that just a little bit. Now, granted, mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn came in, particularly in the second half. The game pretty much over. decided. <laughs> but he did give you 20 minutes, 18 points, 8 of 11 from the field. Um, I feel you on that. I didn't realize Tyler Hero's line looked like this. He was 6 of 18 from the field, 2 for 8 from 3, 14 points. The couple different flashes I thought of him being aggressive, I was like, okay, he's holding his own. Because I agree, I was concerned with the stage being a little too big. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to Jalen Rose this morning, and he was talking about the Heat's only chance. And he said, and I think this is a, not a good idea, but he said you, you're going to have to find a way to be physical with LeBron and AD, and they have to be huffing and puffing because Heat players are right in front of them. As he said that, I'm thinking, who do they have to put that much pressure on them without exhausting themselves? It's not like the physicality of this thing is just next level. And I am just very much concerned for the Heat. And I wonder if Eric Spalestra, is it an advantage having Coach LeBron or is it a disadvantage? Because you know just how lethal he can be. Uh, I don't Anyway, I don't think I don't think Miami's got anybody that can put a body on those guys. Kelly Olynyk is seven feet tall, but he just sure. is a drifter around the perimeter. He's not a banger. And yeah. Myers Leonard hasn't taken his warm-ups off for I don't even know how long, King. <laughs> I, I'm, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I, I I don't I don't I was thinking last night. You know, if I'm a coach, how do I stop LeBron in this team? Okay, and I. A part of me was like, you know, you have no, no, no option, no, no, no chance. But the other part of me is like, bro, I put on my shoes the same way he puts on his shoes, and they're all NBA players. So at the end of the day, you got to figure out something. So what's the best solution? My solution, which is probably way easier said than done, as I always say, <laughs> I'm forcing LeBron to score 50 on me or 40. I'm forcing LeBron to become a scorer. Because I think LeBron is so deadly when he's making plays for one another, like making plays for other people. Like, I strictly want him to score. I want to back all the way off, kind of like, kind of like, go him kind of like Giannis a little bit almost, in a sense. Like, clog the paint a little bit, but you got, you got more shooters on the side. Clog the paint a little bit, but force him to shoot the three. Because I don't think LeBron, he shot it better, but I don't think he is a three-point shooter, a threat to say, okay, he's going to hit eight of these on me. 
we have to guard him. I think he might hit like two or three and then maybe force other others up. But I just I think that if you back off LeBron, which I mean I've I've never guarded LeBron, so I really don't know. <laughs> but I might we, they might try my plan and it might be stupid. But just from a, a, a spectator view, I think if you do that, because Anthony Davis, there's nothing you can do about that. Absolutely nothing. There's no answer for Anthony. LeBron, I think you you kind of can contain him a little bit. I think that you are on a birthday high this morning and absolutely <laughs> because first of all, you can't back off LeBron. I understand the philosophy of make him a facilitator or a score. All right, so you make him a score. Do not, no, you can't leave him at the three-point line. Last night, obviously, he near a triple-double, 25 points, 13 rebounds, and nine assists. But I will say that the Lakers were toward from three, particularly in that first half. On the game, they ended up shooting 15 of 38 from three. But in that first half, I think they hit like 13 or right into the third, early in the third quarter, they had hit 13. And so they were lights out from behind the arc. I think the difference in the series is we all thought, well, part of the conversation was the Lakers don't have a great shooting team, but they have a solid NBA quality shooting team if you just let them spot up and knock down shots. If you run them off the spot and moving around in that zone, I think that's different. Same thing with LeBron. If you sag, my man's going to go ahead and hit 10 out of 12 if you give him the space to do it. And so You don't sag like Giannis sag. I'm not talking about backing up. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. At least a handout, like at least a hand. I know if what Le- you mean. If LeBron makes ten of those, I- fine. But you can, I, I feel like you can lose at the hands of LeBron on LeBron's forty. You can you still win the game. Them. Like I, you win the game, but I'm I, LeBron's gonna have to score forty because I don't think he can do that every single night. I don't think at at his age he can score forty every single night on you. Listen, Spo got his work cut out for him and figuring this thing out. I mean, all I have to say, I'm sorry, all I have to say about that is this. You're talking about LeBron James. If he, he doesn't care who's guarding him. He'll just drive it to the hoop, and he will get fouled, you know? You can't really prevent that. And, and when he drives it and kicks it, you know, he's going he's gonna to find guys. I mean, look, Contavious Caldwell-Pope hit a couple really big threes from the corner that kind of got them going a little bit last night. And he's a guy who's kind of under the radar, but he's been shooting it well the entire postseason, like over 40% from three, which is a very high percentage. And here's another, here's another fact that we have to contribute in. I don't think the performance from the supporting cast of the Lakers will be as consistent or as good as it was last night. So I think if the Heat can get Bam back, I think with Drogic wasn't a, hasn't been officially ruled out, has he? Yeah. No, he's done. He's done. He's done? Okay. Yeah. Well, Kendrick Nunn, I think Kendrick Nunn can come in there and step up. But if you can get Bam back and Jimmy Butler back to at least almost 100% or just back to where they can, where they can compete, I think they're not out the series. They're too gritty. Like, they, they're just too tough. I feel you on that, King, and I love gritty. If you describe a team as gritty, that's a team that I like. But literally, size for size, pound for pound, talent-wise, this is a tough matchup. Like, it's – and I'm all for Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, you know what I'm saying, defensive-type players spinning rough it up with LeBron. That's cool. 
but they have to be able to be far more efficient on the offensive end than they were last night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's funny. Jimmy Butler led the way with 23, and then Tyler Hero had 14, and I think it was – was it Jay Crowder that had 12? Yeah, like – what are you, what's going on? Kendrick Nunn put in his 18, but that was an after-the-fact 18. But for a minute, it looked like Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder and friends. Like, it, what is going on? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Hero, some, you know, it's weird. With Tyler Hero, it's always a tale of, like, defense and offense. In the Boston series, he was probably their second-best player after, after Bam, Okay. Uh, you know, Jimmy was right there. So let's say he was no worse than their third best player. But he had a negative plus minus in the Boston series, at least in a couple of the wins he did. Last night at halftime, he was minus 30 at halftime. He was minus 35 for the game. I saw him trying to guard LeBron a couple times. I was thinking to myself, and I was, I was watching the game with my wife, Nancy. I said, oh boy, Tyler Hero, good luck, brother. <laughs> I tweeted out Tyler Hero guarding LeBron is precious. So precious. That is so disrespectful to Tyler Hero. Uh, is it not a fact? The numbers don't lie. I mean, you know, but at halftime, he was minus 30. Andre Iguodala was minus 27. You know, and those were the two main guys off the bench. So their bench just, you know, but it's funny. Numbers also can lie because the, the Heat bench outscored the Lakers bench last night by like, I think it was like 48-31 or something like that, but it didn't mean anything because so many of those points were in garbage time. Um, I personally hate plus or minus. It's very confusing to me. But Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's the most overrated stat in basketball. It can be at times. I agree. Oh, guys, I'm sad. I, just, I feel robbed on so many different levels. Can we just have a <laughs> moment of therapy, Bruce? I need you to be our therapist. Well, can you be our therapist? You can, because your team is already out, so you've dealt with these emotions. Not that <laughs> Miami is my team. Wow. But I just feel robbed. I, first of all, I hate injuries, and I get that they're part of the game. But if we can't get six out of this, competitive, like, just, and not, maybe not even six, but if we get three more games that are competitive, I just feel so robbed. I'm so sad. It is. It, it, it is a shame because you're right. I mean, you don't want to, you know, just as Boston fans were kind of bumming that Gordon Hayward got injured and didn't play the first few games against Miami, you know, they probably weren't going to win that series anyway. Miami was just like all over them for the most part. So, I mean, that's not an excuse. But you just want to see your best go up against their best and then throw it up and see what happens. And you're right. And also, too, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, like I said, I felt all along the Lakers were going to win the championship, but you know, the 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 Heat had a had a you know a puncher's chance, you know, but now I don't think they have any chance. I mean, you still can't count these people out because I mean, maybe I'm just an optimist. I feel you. Maybe I'm just an optimist, but I just feel like what we saw from the Heat is not the Heat last night. Okay, but King, here's my thing to that though: Did we not see the Heat? because the Heat just played poorly? Or did we not see the Heat because this is a different series and a different opponent and they just do not match up well? Um, I, I would have to say that I think that it is definitely, they just played poorly. I, you think it's that simple? Yes, I think they just played bad. I'm not saying they're gonna beat these guys, but I think they're gonna make this a series because Duncan Robinson 0 for 3, Tyler Hero, uh, 18 shots to get 14 points. Um, going Dragic out. Like, 
in the first half when they started getting down during halftime, who was that? Was that Jalen Rose talking? Yeah, Jalen Rose was talking, and he said that what got the Heat there is their toughness, their grittiness, their willingness to compete, and they showed none of that in the first half. In the second half, they showed none of that. Like, so what got them there, what helped them beat the Celtics? Because the Celtics is a good team. I think the Celtics are just as good as the Nuggets. I think the Celtics are as good as the Nuggets. I think the Heat are better than the Nuggets. And there's no way the Nuggets take these guys to six and the Heat are going to get swept. I think what we saw last night was you gotta not... You got to look at the matchups, though, King. Last night, it's funny you said that. Last night, I was thinking, Nikola Jokic is so good. Yeah, he is. Right, but I think it was even more impressed upon me last night because the Heat don't have someone who forces AD to step away from the basket, is a tough matchup for matchup cover for Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Like, the Heat just don't have that size. Now, if Bam gets in his bag and is healthy, all right, I agree with you. They certainly can play better. But I think what happened with the Nuggets is that, one, Jamal Murray's on a heater in this postseason. Like, he was killing. But the matchup of the Joker was more of an X factor than maybe we even realized when you look at how they square up with the Heat. And then if you go back to Heat Celtics, I think Kemba's small, which, which hurt the Celtics. Um, Jason Tatum yeah. was, was sort of iffy. But the rest of those guys, I think they match up well. If it's, whether it's Jalen Brown or even Gordon Hayward, like they, it was an easy matchup. The size of Anthony Davis, the experience of LeBron, this has just become a next-level thing in terms of the matchup. So when you say matchup, you're talking about only with LeBron and AD. Because anybody else on that team is not a hard matchup. They're not a hard cover. Right. If we're saying everybody go one-on-one, every time you score, we get a point, I agree. But because of the attention that LeBron and AD draw, like the one play I gave Tyler Hero credit, AD kind of got out ahead of the pack and was on the block. Tyler Hero bodied up and disrupted the pass and ended up going out of bounds. But in general... Literally, throw the ball over everybody's head except for Bam Adebayo. And AD had the wherewithal either to be in a position for a high percentage shot or make the right pass. So then, Rajon Rondo all of a sudden hit threes. KCP is a good shooter that we maybe didn't acknowledge to Bruce's point. If all AD has to do is make a pass, swing, swing, them other guys now become lethal because the defense just can't move that fast. But that's not consistent. We don't see that night in, night out from those guys. But have we, we seen only that need three games now, though. They only need three more. They only got to do it three more times. I get that. But I don't think that they're going to re- repeat, that, repeat that performance. I don't think. I, I think don't. LeBron and AD will be consistent. I think their supporting cast will not repeat that same performance. And I don't think the Heat will repeat their same performance. I you, guys were talking, you guys were talking about Duncan Robinson, how he only took three shots. I was watching him pretty closely last night. They were all over him on the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't even get himself in a position to catch the ball never mind get off a good shot so I don't know if they need to just run some stuff for him with some double screens up at the top and just kind of do anything they can to get that guy a couple open looks because that could open it up a little bit for them but you know if you're counting on Duncan Robinson to win you the NBA finals I'm thinking you might have a problem I mean that that that's a very fair point I mean I think that this next series, I think one thing that this series will do is going to tell a lot about Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is going to either rise to the occasion and show people basically why he is a top 10 player in the NBA, or he's going to, you know, 
kind of fall and do what everybody expects him to do. I think this is going to tell a lot about Jimmy Butler because he has to lead in order for this team to have any chance. And I do think they have a chance. Not to maybe win, but to take it to probably six. LA's got like three, possibly four Hall of Famers that they're throwing out on the floor at any given time. I mean, LeBron, LeBron's going to be a Hall of Famer, obviously. I think Anthony Davis, when it's all said and done, is a Hall of yeah. Famer. Dwight Howard's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. And yeah. there's a possibility, I'm not saying it's a lot, but Rajon Rondo could be borderline Hall of Famer as well. So yeah. you're, and, and you're talking about, you know, other guys on that team that have played in the finals. Danny Green's got two chips on two different teams. I mean, you, there's just so much that the Heat have got to overcome. If they could get two games in this series at this point, I would say you got to call that saying they did everything they could do. But I just yeah. don't see them doing more than that. But yeah, no, nah, you know, I, I you know, but I respect them and I hope that I hope it's competitive because we don't, we don't want to see four blowout games. I mean, what fun is that? Yeah. Uh... I don't think they'll win. Hopefully they make competitive. Just I pray it's going to seven just because I want to watch seven games. Same. And I want to see good basketball. <laughs> so I'm hoping that we're all wrong and that this will not, you know, be a sweep, but it's not looking likely. Hey Monica, maybe we can see some good basketball in the WNBA finals. What are you thinking? <laughs> Listen, all right, so let's yeah, let's let's lighten the mood here a little bit in terms of quality basketball. So the WNBA finals start on Friday. This pod is dropping on Thursday, depending on when you're listening. You've got the Las Vegas Aces and the Seattle Storm. So the conversation at the beginning of the season, Seattle Storm across the board was pretty much the favorite. And the Aces were in that conversation, but most folks were going with Seattle. You got Sue Bird, tremendous, Brianna Stewart a former MVP, a finals MVP. Um, Alicia Clark is playing tremendous defense, made all defensive first team. Natasha Howard, super athletic. Mercedes, um, why am I blanking on Mercedes' last name? But Mercedes is holding down the paint. Jewel Lloyd, turn it up to the next level. Jordan Canada, like, it just goes on and on for why you would go for Seattle. Mind you, they won the title in 2018. The Las Vegas Aces, on the other hand, are home to the 2020 MVP, and Asia Wilson, who's in her third year and has had a tremendous season, averaged close to a double-double. I think it was 22 points and 10 boards, I believe. I don't have the stats in front of me. Here's the wrinkle, though. The Aces also are home to the sixth woman of the year in De'Erica Hamby, who earned that award for the second consecutive year. She joins a class of three players, I believe, that have earned that award back-to-back. She got hurt in the semifinal matchup against the Connecticut Sun. It's a knee injury. I believe she's out for the remainder of the season. So the semifinals for the Aces went to a game five, 13.6 seconds later, or to finish the game, Connecticut actually had an opportunity. DeWanna Bonner misses a long three. The Aces escaped by the skin of their teeth. They are going to have to play much better basketball if they plan to contend with Seattle in a five-game series because Seattle looks terrific. I can't wait to see Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart go head-to-head. Brianna has the advantage in terms of her perimeter game, but Asia has been tremendous inside the paint as of late. It's also going to be a really fun guard matchup. We got some Notre Dame, ACC love, Jewel Lloyd for Seattle Storm. Jackie Young for the Las Vegas Aces. Kayla McBride also plays for the Aces. So I expect this series to go four, 
And I got, I think I'm giving the edge to Seattle. It is a five game series in the W, not seven. But I am giving the edge to Seattle just because I think that that team has more continuity. And sometimes Bill Lambeer leaves me scratching my head in terms of some of his coaching decisions. My heart, though, will go with the Aces because my teammate and good friend, Sugar Rogers, is on that squad. So I would love to see her get a second ring. She got a ring when she was a rookie when she played for the Minnesota Lynx as well. But um, I just, I'm a little bit puzzled by some of the moves they make. So that starts on. ESPN or ABC on Friday night. Um, so, you know, if you just need basketball in your life and are sad about, about the heat, just check out the W for sure. Can I ask you a hypothetical question, Monica? Because you are the WNBA expert here. If Liz Cambage was part of things, would that change the way you would see this? Yes, but I also don't know if the Aces get here. Now, Liz Cambage is an all-star, is tremendous double-double machine. But when she and Asia were both healthy, I was a little bit baffled again by some of the play calling. I think Asia has been able to blossom this year because she's had more space to work. And she's the clear Batman and De'Erica is Robin. When you had Liz and Asia on the floor, they're both tremendous talents, but you have A1 and A2. So I think it would have been a little bit more of an adjustment coaching wise. Um, Liz also can step out and hit that three. Asia doesn't as much. You know, in terms of this particular matchup, I'm curious. I imagine that it would be those, it would be Brianna Stewart, Natasha Howard, or Brianna Stewart, Mercedes Clark versus Liz and Asia. You know, first, that's a really good question. I would give the athleticism edge slightly to Seattle, but Liz does a good job of moving as well. I don't know. I, I do think that that would change the complexion of this series a bit, but I, don't, I just, to me, Seattle just has more continuity, and Lambeer just leaves me scratching my head as a coach. So that's where I'm at. Liz, little photo shoot recently. I guess you guys heard about that, right? No, I missed it. Playboy. Oh, oh. oh. She is, listen, she is one that fully embraces everything that she is, more than a basketball player. She's a DJ. She's a very gorgeous woman, you know, owns all her sexuality and goddessness. I got to go take a peek. Let me see how my sis is doing. I have to go take a peek, too. <laughs> I, I already took a peek. <laughs> While we are um, super excited that sports are back, there's been another conversation in the months since the COVID-19 pandemic has captivated the entire world. Um, we've had to discuss mental health, whether it was Paul George, saying that he had not been well in the bubble or athletes talking about the stress and the toll of the bubble experience. Um, it has allowed us to examine how serious mental health is. Some athletes have begun talking about it and it's used to be taboo. So we're thankful for them for being vulnerable enough and bold enough to have those conversations. This week, one of the NBA's most famous owners was addressing it on a personal level. Um, and this story just kind of breaks my heart. One of his former players, Delonte West, struggles with, I believe I've read, it's bipolar disorder. And he has been homeless at different points since he left the league. Um, this week, Mark Cuban arranged to meet him at a gas station to help him get help and stabilize his life. Um, the most recent reports and photos have surfaced of him homeless on the, in the streets of Dallas. Um, 
this one is it's really a tough story earlier this or it may have been last year you know time is all jacked up in COVID but Delonte West is from this area I remember him playing in high school watching him and so earlier this year he was roaming around in this area homeless and got into an altercation with I believe another homeless man the uh, video of the fight surfaced in traffic and the two handcuffed on the side of the street with officers pictures surfaced. I believe those officers were, were reprimanded for it, but it's just so sad King. We so often we equate all the money that professional athletes make with happiness and with security and stability. And that's not always the case. And this is a real life example of that. No, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I was just talking to an NBA trainer the other day and we, we, we were just talking about, you know, me and not, not being in the NBA. And he was like, bro, to be honest, you really want to be there because a lot of those guys, majority of those guys are not happy there. And it, it, it's sad because we do equate happiness to success. But I mean, yeah, happiness to success. But it's just kind of like money isn't everything. And you start realizing that there's bigger things in life than just money. Cause how you 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 kind of think you know when you don't have it like how can somebody with like a hundred fifty million dollar contract be depressed be sad go through anxiety like 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 what what can they really go through and then you get there and it's like dang you feel all the pressures of the world and people don't really love you for you and it's sad to see what Delonte West is going through and I hate it for him because he was one of my favorite players just growing up. I, I really respected him, but it's sad to see what he's going through. Um, there's a great article in the Washington Post by Tim Bella that kind of chronicles how often we've seen Delonte dealing with this. Obviously, the highs of his career, playing alongside LeBron James, hitting big-time shots in playoffs games, his history here in this area. In 2015, he apparently told the Washington Post's Rick Mace that he regularly attempted to kill himself as a teenager. So these aren't new demons for him. Um, I was pleased, I guess as pleased as you can be in such a tragic situation, to know that so many of his teammates and peers, whether it's Jameer Nelson, Mark Cuban, Phil Martelli from his St. Joe's days, are actively trying to reach out to him and to help him stabilize. But this mental health thing is, is something serious. And it's funny, King, that you mentioned that your trainer would say, guys get there and they're not happy. Adam Silver made similar comments, I want to say two years ago now, where he was talking to a lot of the younger players and realized how, is disconnected the right word? But they struggle with depression and isolation. And Adam Silver tossed the thought out there that a lot of it had to do with our cell phones and how much time we spend connected to that versus making actual connections, human connections, interactions, and building bonds, and then comparing ourselves to whoever and whatever. And you would think, as an NBA player, y'all set the trends. Like, why would you be comparing? But for them, there's even pressure to keep up. And JJ Redick has talked about this, how some guys are more concerned with getting off their pregame fit than their actual performance in the game because of the power of social media. And I just, I would say, have real meaningful conversations with your loved ones and those in your circle. If someone says that they're not feeling right in their mind, deal with that the same way you would if it was an ailment in their body. Um, and we have to make these conversations and these checkups normal. It can't yeah. be an asterisk. We've got to look at this just as much as just 
as we do our physical health. But I also think another point to that is if somebody is telling us that, we cannot make fun of that person. We cannot talk down or demean their feelings or what they're saying. We have to take it serious and it's serious and take it with a level of caution because what they're saying is real. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when you look at the whole Skip Bayless thing, you should not be ashamed to speak out about your feelings or be ashamed to speak out about your depression, anxiety, or any problems you go through. That's like a lot of guys that I dealt with out of my homeboys, even me personally, like going to talk to a counselor, we, we view that as weak. When actually that's strong, that's being stronger than the average man because a lot of men don't want to admit that they have an issue. They don't want to admit that there's a, a problem lying in your mind. Mm -hmm. So going to talk to people, going to get help is considered strong, not weak. Definitely the wrong mindset to have if you want to succeed. Can I just give a little bouquet of flowers to Mark Cuban here? Because here's the thing. When everything started hitting the fan as far as the pandemic, Mark Cuban was the first owner that I saw that said, we're going to pay all of our people who are you know, employees, our hourly employees. We're going to keep paying them. Ever since he's been in the league, he has been one of the owners who has always treated his players absolutely the best. Everyone said Dallas is like a dream franchise to play for. And Mark has been very vocal politically as far as what the government hasn't done or has done in some rare cases. And the fact that he is setting an example for all of us, reaching out, going to somebody who maybe would have had either not the you know, mindset to, to ask for help, but to say, here's somebody who needs something. I'm getting in my car. I'm driving to a gas station. You know, who knows who Delonte has been around? Mark might have actually exposed himself potentially to some of the things that homeless people unfortunately face on the street, illnesses, whatever. So I just want to say Mark Cuban putting his money where his mouth is, not just talking the talk, Walk in the walk. Bravo, Mark Cuban. Hey, the segment that everybody's been waiting for. My personal favorite segment. Who's tripping? This week, I'm going to let Monica lead it off. Is this your personal favorite segment because it was your addition to the pod? No, I just like talking about people and oh. exposing people for, like, what they've done wrong in the world. Oh, wow. Okay, well, this is definitely our opinion. And my opinion this week takes us back out to L.A., the Los Angeles Clippers, Steve Ballmer. I think that the Clippers are tripping for letting Doc Rivers go. I do not think that that was a good look. And here's why. Doc is a championship-winning coach. But when you look at what he did with the Celtics year four, they won the title. That also was the year that KG joined that team, and that was the first big three that I can remember as a basketball fan in this, this era, anyway. But in the years prior to that, they missed the playoffs two out of three years. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but continuity isn't just about the players on the floor. It's also about the system. It's also about the trust. You got to remember that part of the reason that Kawhi chose the Clippers was because of Doc Rivers. So I personally think that they're tripping for letting him go. It reminds me of the Raptors and Dwayne Casey. I understand it in that something had to change and the coach is expendable as opposed to Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, name any other player. Um, I thought it was a bad move. I guess Tyron Lue is up next. 
okay, I guess. Um, but I got the Clippers tripping. Horrible move. Let me tell you why. Your two superstars, I keep talking about it. Your two superstars scored zero points in the fourth quarter of a game seven that they shouldn't have been in. And you want to look to Doc Rivers, a championship coach, and say it's his fault. And one of your superstars don't even have a ring. Doc Rivers is a championship coach with one ring with Boston. One more ring than the Clippers franchise has. Come on now. As much as Doc is respected, I wonder if there's something happening out there that we don't know. But to me, I'm with you. Doc, getting his guys to play with more fire, I, I don't see where their performance in the bubble was on him. I just don't see it. No. But if Doc ends up in Philly, hmm, ah. If Doc ends up in Philly, Philly, you got to stop playing because that's now, come on, let's go. <laughs> For sure. Well, look, second who's tripping today. Don't want to spend that much time on this. Just need to mention it because it's relevant. Everybody watched the presidential debate. If you didn't, you just you, you just missed a whole bunch of kids arguing on the stage. But, however, there was one thing that stood out to me that I just must touch on. Donald Trump, they gave you your opportunity to denounce white supremacy. They gave you your chance on a national platform with everybody watching, what did you do? What did you say? Proud boys, stand back and stand by. What does that mean? I don't know. Is that denouncing white supremacy? It is not. However, you ducked the answer. You ducked it, and we gave you an opportunity. And with that being said, him not being able to confront white supremacists, please. Go vote. And period. I have nothing else to add to that. Get your booty to the polls. Did you see that <laughs> that uh, video from Atlanta? <laughs> oh, my God. There's a video of, like, strippers encouraging people to go vote. And so it's a homophone. <laughs> get your booty to the polls. It is hilarious. <laughs> that was dope. All right, my good people. Time to wrap this thing up. Thanks to our producer and our guest this week. Bruce Bernstein, who always keeps us on top of our game and make sure we got the facts right. Our outstanding editor, Tom Phillip, who does his thing so efficiently. We appreciate you, Tom. Don't forget our other shows. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday. Full Court Press with John Fanta is here on Tuesday talking college hoops. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron have a brand new show, and their guest is Jared Greenberg from Turner Sports and NBA TV. You saw him on the sidelines in the bubble. Jared obviously was there for two months and has some really great stories. BJ and Eric have the Pure Hoops podcast every Friday. And I'm back, or we're back. King and I are back with Buckets, Boards, and Blocks next Thursday from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Listen up, everybody. I have to go on a little mini rant right now. I have been seeing videos of clubs packed, strip clubs packed, no masks, no social distancing, none of that. COVID is far from over and please do not let your guard down because we will be back in the house in December. Y'all continue to do the same thing over and over. So please wear the mask and social distance, please.
for me, Bruce, Monica, our loved ones, everybody, please wear the mask. Keep working with the social justice for a more inclusive society. We can fix our problems if we do it together. Together is the key word, not separated. As you can see, I don't wanna get too deep into it, but as you can see, we gotta do this together because our presidential candidates, just gonna leave that one alone. If you like buckets, boards, and blocks, please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star rating. Until we meet again, Monica, please do the honors. Enjoy your finals. Mm. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.